the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, August the 11th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On August 11, 1997, President Bill Clinton made the first use of historic line item veto. He rejected three items in the spending and tax bills. He thought it was great. The president could veto what Congress was doing. However, the U.S. Supreme Court later struck down the veto. They said it was unconstitutional. Today in 1860, the nation's first successful silver mill began operation near Virginia City, Nevada. Today in 1934, the first federal prisoners arrived at Alcatraz Island. It was formerly, you probably know this, formerly it was a military prison. It's out there in the San Francisco Bay, the big rock out there. I know people who have gone out there and gone on a, a tour of that. They said it's really weird. You just don't feel good when you're out there. There's just a kind of a spirit or something about it. I've never had any inclination to want to go out there. But I've seen it from the shore. Today in 1965, rioting and looting that claimed 34 lives broke out in the predominantly black watch section of Los Angeles. Today in 1992, the Mall of America, the nation's largest shopping center, entertainment center, opened in Bloomington, Minnesota. I'm hearing that malls are kind of on their way out, the big enclosed malls. People are not going to them as much. There's a variety of reasons that I've heard put forward, but uh, they're kind of losing favor with the American uh, shopper. So we'll see where that goes. Today in 2016, the, the Obama administration said it decided that marijuana would remain on the list of most dangerous drugs. This was 2016. He rebuffed growing support across the country for broad legalization, but he said he would allow more research into its medical uses. We've come a long way. They all talk about progress. They've made a lot of progress. They've legalized, Oregon has legalized all drugs. Washington is right behind. All of the blue states, all of the far left states, the, the leadership in the states, have taken states to a place since 2016 when Obama, of all people, were having some kind of second thoughts about it or some hesitation about legalizing it to where we are today. It's amazing. They are making progress. There's no question about that. They always, when, when, a, when a leftist gives a speech, like the president, uh, our current president, they always talk about making progress. We're making progress. They never really tell you wh where the progress is taking us. And sometimes they don't know. It, they just know that they're changing things. And that's really, I mean, that really is what the left, the leftist worldview, the secular, progressive, so-called worldview is about. They're not really going anywhere other than amassing power for themselves. They're just making, quote, progress. 
in whatever direction, you know, the path of least resistance in their mind or whatever. That's the problem that we have in America today. It isn't more money. It isn't uh, all these ideas that are exotic ideas. I mean, it's very simple. If they would just get their worldview straightened out and realize there is a natural order in life and in the universe, because God created it and God is organized, a lot of things would get fixed. Our founding fathers didn't have to mess with a lot of this stuff because they built the nation and kind of launched it on opening day on the principles of the Bible, on God's word. And they didn't apologize. And nobody showed up at their door beating them down because they were saying, quote, the word God or the word Bible or scripture or whatever. And things worked out pretty well for the first 150 years or so. But then we begin to inject secularism into our thinking in America. And our schools became indoctrination stations instead of educational classrooms. And here we are today. It's sad, but it can be fixed. But it's a spiritual matter more than it is a political or even secular matter. Today in 2020... Democrat Joe Biden named California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. Harris was the first black woman on a major party's presidential ticket. The only qualifying factor, and this is not just my idea, a lot of people are saying this, the only qualifier for Kamala Harris is that she was a black woman and Biden had promised to pick a black woman didn't matter if she was qualified or not. As it turns out, she's highly unqualified. So is he, really, because of his mental conditions. But she is, apparently, she's as good as she's ever been. But she's highly unqualified to be vice president and, God forbid, to become president of the United States. That's the very thing that Martin Luther King Jr. stood for, stood up against. He said, man, I I dream of the day when we won't be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. If that were the case now by those who claim to follow his ideology, if they would really follow what he said, a lot of our problems would evaporate quickly, I might add. There's a significant number of millennials and Gen Zers. They're expressing their views on marriage as an outdated tradition. They're opting for cohabitation instead. They said, why get married? It complicates things. It makes it very complicated. But when asked by pollsters, many of them say they plan to marry someday, maybe in the future. The survey found that two in five millennials and Gen Zers view marriage as an outdated tradition, a mindset held by 41% of men, 52% of women. 85% said marriage is not necessary to have a fulfilled and committed relationship, while another 73% believe that getting married in the current economy is too expensive. Well, I would just say to these children who are thinking it's too expensive, baby, it is always expensive to get married because you have more mouths to feed. But it's worth it. It's the cornerstone of society as far as God is concerned. 
He made family, and that means you're married to the person you're sleeping with. These kids get so pumped up on secularism, they lose their way, and they've lost their way on this one. 73% believe that getting married in the current economy is too expensive. I guess that's how they feel about unborn children, too. They're too expensive. So they're fighting to the nail to be able to kill those unwanted unborn children. It's sad. They did This survey did a list of, of the marriage-adverse cities in America. Toledo, Ohio is the most marriage-adverse, the most opposed by the numbers, most opposed city, opposed toward marriage. Toledo, Ohio, number one. Guess who was number two? Seattle, Washington. You go, oh, man, it wasn't my town. Well, hold on. Number three? Spokane, Washington. And number four, Portland, Oregon. Are you surprised? A lot of you aren't. No, Arizona and California, you guys escaped on that one. I don't know how, but you didn't show up in the top in the top tier of cities and uh, that are adverse to marriage. They'd rather just shack up and sleep together until it's gets old, then they'll move on to something else. Oregon Health and Science University Medical Clinic dropped a patient following her criticism of its transgender pride flag display. The woman that was a patient at OHSU, the Oregon Health and Science University Medical Center, has cancer. Marlene Barbera is a patient with cancer who saw her general practitioner at OHSU's Richmond Family Medical Clinic had commented on a trans uh, pride flag that she has seen while she's been sitting in the waiting room in the clinic in Portland. Barbera sent a message through MyChart, that's a health portal that allows patients to see records and corresponded with their doctors. Barbara thought her message through the app would go only go to her doctors, the ones that were seeing her with her cancer. But she was told later that other staff had seen the comments and had been passed around. A lot of people in the office had read it. Several weeks later, Barbara received a message from OHSU practice manager Stein Berger, dated June 29. Richmond is an all-inclusive clinic, the message said, and we value and advocate for diversity. He stated that Barbera had made transphobic remarks harmful to our staff. Our staff that should not have seen it. I'm, that's me, not the him talking. They weren't supposed to see that. That was between her and her doctor. We always hear this stuff from the left about was well, between a woman and her doctor. Well, only when it's convenient. Effective immediately, you, Barbara, are discharged from receiving medical care at the Richmond Family Medical Clinic, Berger wrote. This action is being taken because of ongoing disrespectful and hurtful remarks about our LGBTQ community and staff. Please note that you are also now dismissed from all OHSU family medicine clinics, including immediate care clinics. Pretty amazing stuff. The College Fix is a, a news source that I follow very closely, 
and uh, it's written by college students. Most of them, all of them are conservative. Many of them are Christian, and they're wanting to get into journalism, but they're on different college campuses all over the country, and they have a website. It's called The College Fix, F-I-X, and I read it. I pay attention to what these kids are writing. Some of them are excellent writers. Some of them not so much, but they they get to these stories on campus, and that is one of the several ways that I keep myself updated on what's going on on college campuses across the country. Well, anyway, the College Fix, they reached out to the Oregon Health and Science University Media Relations Department. They asked about an update on Barbera's status. Well, the hospital didn't want to hear that. They said, in accordance with patient privacy laws, we're unable to comment or acknowledge whether an individual is a patient without uh, written consent from the patient uh, or from uh, someone representing them. So they could not comment on it. They passed around her comments that she intended only for her doctor to see about it was troubling for her to sit there and look at that flag, that trans flag, whatever. They passed that all around the office in the clinic, and they now have cut her off, uh, this cancer patient, from seeing her doctor. She cannot go there anymore. She's going to have to start over, find a new doctor, and all of that. They care little about that. But then when somebody like the college fix or someone else inquires about what the status is and what in the world's going on here, that's just a simple question. They say, well, we can't talk about it. It's a privacy issue. It isn't a privacy privacy issue. They lie every time on those kinds of things. If, if they really had any value for privacy, they wouldn't have let all these people in the office read her confidential comments to her doctor on this portal. That's the problem that we have today. There's double standards. We live we live in a in a in a very confused web today in our in our in our culture. Human nature is fallen and flawed. The Bible is very clear on that. I was reading in the book of Joshua this morning. I gotta share this verse with you. It's a verse that I've shared often over my lifetime, actually. But it's Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. Joshua says, And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. That means he's over 40. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke spake according to you, concerning you. All are come to pass unto you. Not one thing hath failed thereof. Joshua has led them through all of the events that we read in, in, in the record, in the Bible. And now he stands toward the twilight of his life and he said, Look, guys, God has never failed you, ever. I'm not Joshua, but I have observed that in my life. And I think you probably have too. God has never failed me. I look back at my own failures, but I, but God has never failed, and he never will. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. That is a message, that is a promise, that is a, a solid rock upon which we can stand throughout our life and into the next life. God does not fail his people. 
He doesn't fail, but he does not fail his people. Joshua would say in the next chapter, I'm sure you know this from memory, Joshua 24:15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think we're at a period of time in the culture today in history. It's kind of a, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord time that we live in. I think we're going to have to harden ourselves in in respect, not harden in our spirit, but harden ourselves in, in respect to our commitment to the Lord. We're going to have to stand against swifter currents than we have in the past here in America. Our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world have been persecuted in many ways and have and are lost their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know where this is all going here in America. Well, I know ultimately where it's going. The Bible is very clear on what happens in the end times. But I don't know how far we will go before the church is taken out of this world. But I do know that this is a time when we need to be very resolute about what we believe and why we believe it. And we need to stand regardless of the currents, the waves, the storms, and all of that that lash against us in our faith. We need to stand, and we need to stand firm. That's what I think we need to be focused on in today's world, in today's culture. That's why we try to promote that and advocate for that on this program while we inform and talk about what's happening in the culture on any given day. I want to thank you for your support. We would not be doing this if it were not for you who support us. Thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You could also contribute on our website, uh, Faith and Freedom, faithandfreedom.us. There's a tab there you can contribute online as well. So thank you in advance. It means so much to me to have you standing with us on this endeavor. The Burnett Consolidated Independent School District in Texas announced on Facebook a Pray to the First Day effort, a school district, public school district. They weren't organizing it. The kids had organized it. They just shared it on their Facebook page, the school district. They said the effort begins July 26th, which was a while back. And he said it ends on the first day of classes. Pray to the first day. That was the name of this little prayer effort. The kids had organized it. They wanted to do that. The Christian kids in these schools and so on. They said it would end on first day of classes, which in this district, it's August 16, which is next week. This Facebook post listed the district's three elementary schools, its middle school, two high school campuses, as prayer recipients. In other words, they were praying for these schools in their school district. They were also praying for various district administration members and school employees. That's really biblical. God tells us to do that. These kids were doing it. They were praying. But the school district made the fatal flaw of putting it on their website, along with a whole bunch of other stuff that kids were doing in the run-up to school starting on the 16th in that district this next week. Well, the devil was watching them, and so were the folks from Wisconsin. I want to talk to you a little bit about the folks from Wisconsin. 
The effort caught the eye of the officials from the Freedom From Religion Foundation that's based in Madison, Wisconsin, prompting Samantha Lawrence, the group's uh, legal fellow, to write a letter to Burnett, the superintendent, school superintendent, Keith McBurnett, demanding the district cease, quote, cease promoting prayer and remove this post from its official social media. That's all they said. They didn't threaten a lawsuit. That was coming later. The Texas school district immediately cut short the three-week prayer campaign after receiving the letter. When I saw this, two things came to my mind. First of all, the school district's leaders and seemed to understand the power of prayer, and they were willing to take a stand with the kids and put it on the event thing of the school and just say it was there. From what I could see, and I, I looked at it pretty closely, I didn't see them promoting it. They, they just said it was happening. But <laughs> that was enough to trigger the left, the atheists. It's interesting. They, were, they saw the power of prayer, and they were willing to take a stand with the kids in asking for God's blessing to be upon each of the schools in the district. And for that, I would say God bless them. However, when challenged, they quickly caved. In the letter, this Ms. Lawrence, she said the district is displaying clear favoritism towards religion over non-religion by promoting and encouraging prayer. Well, they didn't actually promote it, but they did put it on the website. She said the 3,200 student district serves a diverse community that consists of not only religious students and families and employees, but also atheists and agnostics and those who are simply religiously unaffiliated. I could bet, I don't like to bet, but I, I would bet if I were betting that if you counted those that are in that school district in Texas, if you counted the atheists, the agnostics, and those who are simply religiously unaffiliated, you could probably count them on one hand out of the 3,200 student body. Anyway, the Freedom From Religion Foundation letter cited U.S. population surveys that reported non-religious and religiously unaffiliated percentages to go back up, to back up their claim. And they are out there. There's numbers all over the place on those issues. I see it all the time. But a news release from the atheist group said that Mr. McBurnett responded by email. Here's what he said to the school. The superintendent, who thought it was a good thing to pray for the school, and the, and the administrators of the school. He said, quote, the Facebook post has been removed and the district will refrain from posting anything similar in the future. He caved. He just caved in. He should have spoken with the high school football coach, Kennedy. Joe Kennedy in Bremerton, Washington. He would know about that. Joe's been in the national news for several years ultimately standing before the Supreme Court, and they said, no, he has a right to pray on the football field. You can't take that away from him. That's what this country is all about. Maybe this guy, and I, I know he's well-intentioned. I mean, I don't know him, but I, I, I'm sure he's well-intentioned. I mean, he was for prayer until there was resistance. And that's what we're seeing in our country today. People are for things of God, prayer, one thing, another, free speech, and so on, until there's resistance. And too many of us then cave and we take a step back. I understand. I've lived with pressure because of things I've said from the pulpit, not trying to be, or on television and now on radio. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm trying to simply turn on the light of truth, God's truth, not my truth. 
Freedom from Religion Foundation and other groups like them count on Christians caving. They always try to avoid going to court. They don't have the money to sue everybody they threaten. They do have the money to write letters. They can write anybody a letter for a few hundred dollars. In fact, they have their on-staff attorney now. They can probably write it for postage. A trial is very expensive. A letter is not. Then they count on people caving. I know they do. I mean, I know that from sources within those groups. But who are these people from Wisconsin? Well, they self-identify with this statement. They say the Freedom from Religion Foundation is an American nonprofit organization that advocates for atheists, agnostics, and non-theists. It was formed in 1976, promotes the separation of church and state, and challenges the legitimacy of many federal and state programs that are faith-based. The founders are Annie Laurie Gaylor, Dan Barker, and Ann Nicole Gaylor. Let me talk to you a little bit about Dan Barker. Dan was born in California. His father, Norman Barker, was a professional trombonist. He played with Hoagie Carmichael. Some of you people over 40 can remember Hoagie Carmichael. He appeared in a cameo with Judy Garland in the movie Easter Parade. His mother, Patricia, was a talented amateur singer. The family was deeply religious, and they used music in their evangelism ministry. Yes, Dan Barker was raised in a Christian ministry home. He became a a piano player. He's a good piano player. He became a songwriter, went on mission trips with his youth group to Mexico and elsewhere as a teenager. He wanted to help in the ministry, so he became fluent in Spanish. He attended Azusa Pacific College, majoring in religion. He was ordained by a Christian congregation. He worked as an assistant pastor in several evangelical churches in Southern California. He continued writing. He produced Christian music, Mana Music, and Gospel Light, some of the early people in Christian music publishing. Other Christian publishing houses produced many of his songs. In fact, he wrote two Christian children's musicals. But during the 1970s, he was very active in citywide ministry outreaches in Los Angeles. This was during the Jesus Revolution period. There was a musical that was written for Jesus People, by Jimmy and Carol Owens, friends of Marjorie's and mine at the time. They premiered in Los Angeles Forum. We had a 2,000-voice youth choir made up of participating churches from the area. I was involved in organizing that. Our youth choir from the North Hollywood Church, where we were, was a part of it. Pat Boone and his family sang the lead and solo parts of the musical. It was impactful. The forum was packed out. I'm not certain for sure, but I think, I'm pretty sure Dan was at the piano in that particular event. But I was aware of him. He was all over the place in Southern California at that time in evangelical circles. However, Dan says in his early 30s, he started a course of reading in science, liberal theology, and rationalism. He said, finally, I just lost faith in faith. In 1983, he publicly denounced Christianity. He joined the staff of Freedom From Religion Foundation in 1987, where he has served as public relations director, then became co-president when he left his wife and four children and married co-founder Annie Laurie Gaylor in 2004 after divorcing his first wife. Four children with her, one child with Gaylor. He gave up his family and his God. Or atheism. 
That's how confused we can become in the world in which we live. Probably the best-known comment that he ever made, he said, in Losing Faith and Faith, he said, I threw out the bathwater and there was no baby there. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.